1: Hey, hey, it's Friday, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Flow Racing's very own drag racing podcast right off track. My name is Courtney Enders, and I am here with a very, very exciting, exciting show for you today. As you can see, I am from my home studio It has been a very busy month in the world of drag racing, probably one of the busiest months that I've had in over a decade, and that is not me doing my normal exaggeration. I've been to Lights Out, World Series of Pro Mod, the NHRA opener at the Gator Nationals in Gainesville, Florida, which we are going to touch on a little bit of all of that today with our special guest, the World Series of Pro Mod, $100,000 winner, my favorite Canadian A, Spencer Hyde. He's going to be joining us in just a second, but we got to take care of a little housekeeping first i want going to say a big, big thanks to Castrol. This has been a huge dream of mine. I'm going to say it every single week. I cannot believe that people give me the authority and the power to have this microphone and you guys, the Flow Racing audience, to hear what I have to say about drag racing. So I want to give a huge thanks to Castrol. This and every single episode of Ride Off Track is brought to you by Castrol Edge. It is three times stronger against viscosity breakdown than the leading full synthetic and gives your engine 10 times better high temperature performance than the industry standard when you need it most Castrol Edge, better oil for maximum performance so like i said we have had a huge huge couple of weeks in drag racing and i'm not even going to pretend to say that anything compares to the world series of pro mod that was put on by drag illustrated so without further ado before we dive into any of the details of that here comes the champ spencer hyde my goodness gracious you and I have had quite a journey of getting to this point, Spencer. We're gonna get into that here in a minute, but uh, let us know where you're at. I know I just got you off of an airplane and made you waste your Friday here with me, but uh, <laughs> let us know how your week's been.
0: No, it's all good, it's all good. Um, it's been good, it's been busy. I'm getting a lot of phone calls and texts and Facebook notifications, which is a little bit new for me, but uh, I'm just living it. So uh, I just flew into Florida to my parents' place here, uh, was so excited about the win, I had to come back. So, <laughs> you just
1: can't get enough of Florida, can you? It's like your new lucky, lucky state.
0: Well, it's it's snowing at home. Actually, it's raining now, so it's it's pretty gross. Um, we have the PGA golf tournament at our uh, golf course this weekend down here in Florida, so I decided to fly in and check it out. So,
1: well, my first question for you: So, Ken Cartuccio supposedly had the keys. To Bradenton Motorsports Park, did Victor Alvarez officially give you the keys to Bradenton? <laughs> I
0: haven't, I haven't got them yet, but he's telling me to come back, so I guess that's a good start.
1: That is, I think that you'll hold those. I know there's a lot of events that happen at Bradenton, but I, uh, I think I can speak for Victor and the rest of us in saying that uh, that your win there will probably hold the keys until we go back there next March for the World Series of Pro Mod again. So, World Series of Pro Mod, my goodness, we're going to get into that. But first off. A lot of people may not know about you. Um, I actually just got to be friends with you in the last year or so. Heard your name here and there through the the PDRA ranks. But those people who don't know your name, A, it's on your shirt. Uh, B, (laughs) let them know a little bit about your history with with drag racing. You're kind of a product of the system, like myself, coming up through the junior ranks. So uh, give us just a little rundown of how you ended up uh, as the World Series of Promo Champ.
0: Yeah, started in junior back in 2006. Um, Actually won the first race I ever was in. So that, uh, of course you did. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh Bug bit, bug bit pretty hard right away. Um, so yeah, I ran junior 07 08, uh, then got into top dragster, top sportsman, um, ran top sportsman for quite a while. Uh, put a lot of laps on in a, in a naturally aspirated, uh, big inch top sportsman car. And then from there, I moved to outlaw ten five, and that's what kind of hooked me on the, uh, heads up stuff. And that was kind of a natural stepping stone into pro modified, uh, ran some local pro mod stuff in Canada for, uh, since 2018, I guess. And then, um, dabbled a little bit with PDRA in 2018. I think I did one race in Martin, Michigan. Um, then COVID hit in 2020. We were actually in, um, we were at the door slammer nationals in Orlando. Wes's race down there with a plan to run four or five, uh, NHRA events. And the world shut down we were in gainesville i was super excited to uh get to let go of the button in my first nhra race and it never happened so um then we had to run up in canada for 2020 and 2021 because we couldn't cross the border with everything locked down uh ended up running a series up in quebec uh that fuel tech sponsored a, a local track up there and and um we won a couple races and ended up winning the points deal up there and um and I guess that's kind of how I got on the 30 under 30 list with drag illustrated. And, uh, I guess that's kind of where my name, uh, got brought up and into the big circle and down in the States here. So, um, then from there, we've, we ran three PDRA races last year and did okay. We held our own and, and, um, when I got the invite for world series. I was pretty excited.
1: You, uh, you kind of maybe had some other plans going on. I'm going to give the viewers a little <laughs> intel. The PRI show, in my opinion, is where relationships are made. Like people can say they go down there to drink, they go down there to party, and we may or may not have done our fair share of that <laughs> at the PDRA banquet together. But I truly feel like there's a ton of drivers that could have been invited to this event, and while probably 150, 200 of them, I may be exaggerating there slightly, but or worthy of of being in this race that Wes was putting on. And I know personally working with and for Wes for the last eight years or so, that this is a huge stressor that he's had. But if anybody knows JT and I, those of you who watched episode two, JT was my last guest where we talked about you actually Friday from, um, from Bradenton before you won that hundred K and we over cocktails decided JT and I, that we were both going to, Absolutely, put our neck out on the line and get you to the World Series of Pro Mod. Now, I'm a coattail rider. People say it all the time, but I have hitched my giddy <laughs> up to you from the start. I will, oh, dang it. I was going to bring it. I've never bet on drag racing in my life. And I bet on you on Friday morning and I want 20 bucks. The guy who I bet totally forgot came, found me on the starting <laughs> line and gave me that 20 bucks. And I was going to wave it here in your face. I've been saving it. But the reason that I bring that up is that talking to you and seeing you at PDRA and seeing your passion and what you were doing for the sport, it was a no-brainer in JT and I's opinion. And while JT and I's opinion may not matter too, too much to us, I think that, that we got through to it. And I want to talk a little bit about leading up to the World Series of Pro Mod kind of on a personal level. I don't know how you were with talking to, uh, to JT, but every time an invite came out. I get a text from Spencer Hyde. What the heck? Am I really going to be in it? What's the deal? You kind of had a plan to maybe run top fuel, which is a far cry from the door car world at the Gator Nationals before that. So give us a little a little insight to where your head was at balancing licensing in the top fuel car and kind of waiting on this elusive invite to the biggest, richest, whatever my shirt says, promo race <laughs> in the history of the known universe.
0: Uh, yeah, it was a little, little stressful. Every, every invite that came out, like you said, I, uh, you know, wasn't my name and not that I was disappointed, but I guess in a sense I was, I was, um, I was really looking forward to this deal and I knew we had a, a car that could compete very well down there. Um, so I was, you know, just hoping that, especially making those connections at PRI with, uh, with you and JT that, you know, you guys could pull some strings and get me in. And, and, uh, obviously it did, but leading up to that before, before I knew I was in, I had been, uh, in the licensing process with the Paytons in the top fuel car. Uh, I made a run in Toronto. And, um, so this was always kind of on the schedule to, to come down before the Gators and, and finish my license. And, and, uh, we got guests. Um, That's all good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, um, I had to finish my license before the Gators and possibly run the Gators. And then uh, when it's kind of early January and I hadn't heard from, from Wes yet, and I had been talking to Todd Payton and, um, I literally called him on Thursday morning. It was like 11 o'clock and said, Hey, uh, I'm good to go for my license and I'm gonna, you know, commit to the Gators here. Let's, let's go do this. And and, uh, you text me an hour later and said, Hey, I think you're going to get in. And I'm like, what <laughs> like, <laughs> I need to know. <laughs> so, uh, anyways, I'm like, not now, I'm not sure what's going on. And, uh, you're like, okay, I'll talk to Wes and, and he'll let you know. And that was the longest day of my life. I was That was Thursday at lunchtime and, and Wes called me Friday at lunchtime with the invite. So. Um, I was checking my, fight. never, I don't think I let my phone out of my hand for that 24 hour period, but anyways, it was exciting. Uh, we got in and then I had to call Todd Payton and say, Hey, listen, uh, don't mean to screw things up for you, but, uh, I just got invited to World Series of Pro Mod and you know, this is a pretty big deal to me and, um, I'm going to have to pass on the Gators and, and go to World Series. I can't do both. He said, no problem. I got a few other guys that want to drive the car at the Gators. Um, we'll get you in the car whenever it works for you. So anyways, all worked out. Um, anyways, that we weren't ready to go either. Like uh, the car was in part, I had no engine parts. Um, so that was a bit of a scramble getting everything together, but the boys kind of kicked it into gear and, and, um, some parts guys helped us out and got some, got some stuff shipped to us right away and we were able to make it, which was great.
1: Why a lot of people would think top fuel is the pinnacle. Like I'm a, I'm a door car girl. I think top fuel is cool. Would I ever get in one? Absolutely. Hell not. Those things are crazy. But people (laughs) think that that's the pinnacle. People ask Erica all the time when, or me, when is Erica going to move up to top fuel? And I don't, I don't really see it that way, but I see why a lot of the industry does. So when you have those two options on your table, you've got top fuel at the Gator Nationals, which is one of the most prestigious races. And as you saw, sold out crowd, like crazy cool action. What was it about the World Series of Pro Mod, and why did why was it so easy for you to make that call?
0: Uh, because I've worked so hard at our Pro Mod program for, over the last five years. Um, you know, I, I run with a volunteer crew, or mostly volunteer crew, and and we we do this as a hobby. This isn't our job. We all have full time jobs, and we spend a lot of nights and weekends and and after hours working on the car and and honing this program to where we can go run with the best in the world. And and um, so we're pretty proud of that. So when I got invited to World Series of Pro Mod, I just said, this is what I wanna do. I wanna go showcase that that we can do this. And and um, I guess we did a pretty good job of it.
1: What was your family and team support? You just mentioned it's, it's volunteer and I know your family supports you in whatever you wanna do, but when you kind of made that 180 and said, oh, just kidding, we're not going to the Gators, we're going to the World Series, what was their response?
0: Um, they, they knew that, you know, if I got the call for World Series, that that's where I'd be going. Um, I had been talking about World Series of Pro Mod since, since it came out um, when Wes announced it, whatever it was, six months ago or five months ago, whatever it was. Um, so they knew if I got the call for that, that I'd be switching gears. And so I don't think anybody was shocked. But um, like you said, the Gators is is a prestigious race too. And it's the first race of the year uh, in 2023. And it's always always had a really good, um, attendance by the fans. Uh, and I've gone to that race almost every year since 2009. So, I mean, that's, it's a staple on our calendar that we, we go to that event. So, um, to go and run there and top fuel, like you said, the pinnacle of the sport would have been pretty awesome, but I just felt like, uh, you know, world series of pro mod means that much more to me and, and, uh, I'm glad we, glad we made that choice.
1: Yeah. I was going to say in hindsight, it's probably a, hundred thousand reasons why you went there. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) So you're not like a lot of these guys. A lot of the pro, mod guys who run in the States are East coast or or Southeastern, kind of that, that area. You had one hell of a drive to get down there, 24 hours of some sort. I think you told me 20, 24 hours. Um, talk about your journey there. Was it pretty seamless? Were you excited? Were you just wanting to qualify? What were your, your goals and thoughts driving there?
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, first of all, I had to I had to put the car together, so I, I left home uh, without a complete race car in the trailer, which which is not something we typically do. <laughs> but because of the short uh, time restraints here, uh, I shipped all my parts to Justin Bond's shop in Georgia. He was kind enough to let me uh, let me stop there on the way down, and and Mark Savage and I put the car together and and um, built the engines at the shop there instead of in Canada just logistically, it made sense. Um, and it's right, it's right on my way down on I-75 to Florida. So I left like Friday or Saturday morning at five five in the morning and by myself and drove down to Justin's and got there Saturday night. And Mark and I worked all day Sunday to put the car and the engines together. And then, um, then I headed down to Gainesville to finish my fuel license with Peyton's. Um, after that, continued down to Bradenton, dropped everything off, and when I got to Bradenton on Thursday before the race, the whole racetrack was a disaster. They had bulldozers and dump trucks, and I was like, "What is going on?" And, and Wade Rich said, uh, "He goes, oh, they, they oversold the asphalt spots. We got to put a bunch more asphalt in." And I'm like, "Oh, nothing like leaving it till the last minute, guys." <laughs> but uh, they worked like crazy. I got to admit, it was when I was there on Thursday. I did not think it was going to be done for Sunday when we got there, but it was. Uh, so hats off to to that crew that. Worked uh, from what I understand from Wednesday to Saturday nonstop, uh, right through the night, three nights in a row, which is which is pretty cool. So, um, anyways, we get get there Sunday, and and there's so many teams there already. I was shocked. I think Monday there was 25 or 30 Pro Mod teams testing, which is insane. So, um, just exciting. We had a long drive to think about what was going to happen, and you know, my goal was to qualify. I knew it was. 61 of the toughest pro mod teams in the world. And um, as, as long as we qualified, I, I did what we went there to do. So um, that was kind of my goal going into it. And I guess I overshot a little bit.
1: This slightly. Well, we uh, <laughs> before we get into to the actual win, we're doing this massive buildup to watch this awesome video. You mentioned it yourself, getting there and just qualifying. Like, dude, you barely got that done. I feel like that qualifying session on Saturday night, I've I've seen, gosh, thousands of qualifying sessions in my career. And that qualifying session on Saturday night was one of the most bad A things I've ever seen. Like you were, I don't know exactly where you were sitting going into that session, but it was nowhere near the bump. You were mid-pack somewhere. And to end that session in the number 32 spot, like you had to have felt going into that session, you know, there's going to be a lot of moving around, but... I mean, I never thought, you being my pick, that I put a massive $20 on, you know, game-changing here. Um, I didn't think that you were going to come close to the bump. And by the time that that session was over and they put it up on on Facebook, I'm like, holy crap, like this fool barely got in. And then I'm going to jump forward just a little bit, but the odds of winning this race from the number 32 spot coming from the chip draw, do you feel like the chip draw had something to do with that or was this kind of your race and the momentum was there regardless?
0: I, I actually, I liked the chip draw thing and maybe that's because I was on the 32nd 30, 30 spot, but, um, it, it didn't matter because everybody in the 32 cars, as you could see, uh, could have won the race. I mean, everybody mm-hmm. had a fast car. It was what hundredths of a second from one to 32. So, I mean, that's, that's every race is pretty much one on the starting line. And, um, so I knew as long as we got in that we, we'd have a shot. And um I, I'll first one to admit it, I got I got lucky first round. Tommy Gray red lit. I think he went three seventy-one, which was the second lowest of the round. So, you know, if he didn't red light, he would have won pretty much every single every single matchup of that round of thirty-two. So um, you know, thanks to him, uh we got away with one there and then just started picking away at it after that. So um <sighs> yeah thinking back it's just it's crazy to think that we went from 32 to to one but I, I, I it could happen to anybody Kenny Lang was on the 31st spot and he went to the semifinals. so I mean it was anybody's game and we just uh it was just our day and it was you know it, it felt good it, after the third round we put out Marcus Burt. um I had a good feeling I just thought you that know was what? nasty I think, are, <laughs> I think things are going our way and yeah, that was the round I was the most worried about. Uh, Marcus is is an absolutely amazing driver, and he's usually a killer on the tree, hence his nickname, the Man. So um, he missed a bit, and I, I caught a good one, and, and we got around him. So it was pretty awesome.
1: The show that we did two weeks ago um, at the World Series of Pro Mod, talking about this, we had kind of said, again, JT and I, were no crew chiefs, but we've watched a drag race or two. And at a race like this, something that is going to, to force the hand of a winner is not going to be the guy who's been running the quickest all weekend. It's never really been at Wes's races. The number one qualifier wins the race. You know the Jim Halseys were were out first round of competition. Yeah. Like E1 was wild. E1 was wild in it every was. class, but especially Pro Mod. It's like all of a sudden you realize, oh my god, a ton of heavy hitters are out, and this is anybody's game. But it always takes in drag racing. You've got to have a little bit of luck on your side no matter what. But I don't think you need to take anything away from yourself or your team because you made a good run against him. You made it down the track four times. We're going to talk about your three hole shots. One red light. We'll just toss that out. You made a good A to B run. But three hole shots to come in and do this as a driver. In my little world, we'd say with your left foot, but we'll do it the right foot here. Um, <laughs> what kind of pride does that put in when you look back and realize, yes, your team had it together and you had the car, but – it was that little extra bit that came from you that actually made this happen.
0: Yeah. Thanks. I mean, um, I, I kind of pride myself on being good on the tree. Um, I think, and I honestly, I wasn't that good on the tree. I think I averaged Oh 31 or something through eliminations, which if I'm not in the, you know, if I'm not under 30, I'm not very happy with myself, but I, I cut some good ones when it counted. And, and, um, yeah. I mean, the, my guys work really hard though. I mean, they, they, they gave me a good hot rod and, and, um, I did my job on the tree. Mark Savage said to me, uh, right before I climbed in the car at opening ceremonies, he goes, I'd put you up against any one of these guys and I would bet on you all day long. So that gave me the confidence to, to go in there and do my job. And, and together we, uh, we did it. It was, it was, uh, it's still unbelievable to think about the guys that we put on the trailer. It was, uh, you know, I don't think anybody... I'm going to say was... it
1: again. It was nasty.
0: <laughs> it was. It was awesome. So, um, yeah, just crazy.
1: Well, we're going to talk about your team. We're going to talk about the cool stuff of it. But for now, I want to share this with the fans, with the Flow Racing people watching this. I've shared it a ton on my personal Facebook on Flows because I think this is one of the coolest short videos I've ever seen. It really... It just puts everything into perspective and I get goosebumps every time I see it. So um, let's go ahead and check out your little synopsis of your win here by Project Prime. thing ever what the first time you watched that like and i'm going to be cheesy here what was going through your mind did you get goosebumps like i want you to be full cheese ball here what was it like watching that for the first time because i geeked out and i didn't even win
0: <laughs> I, I don't know like honestly that night's a bit of a blur and, and not from the alcohol just being <laughs> overwhelmed um, that video was out like, it felt like an hour after we ran. I I was with Wes in the motorhome, and I'm like, dude, how is this, who did this? Why is this out already? Like, that's amazing. And um, yeah, it was just, I've watched that video a lot uh, as you can imagine, but uh, every time I see it, I get chills, especially watching my guys on the starting line and how happy they are. And, and, um, you know, we talked about this on Wes's show yesterday this is a sport where when you win you sit down at the end of the racetrack and wait for your crew which feels like an eternity until they get there especially when you win and they're all celebrating on the starting line so um thankfully uh you know Melanie ran right after and, sh- and she was down there so I got to celebrate with her and um it was pretty well Joe Costello uh, did a top end interview with me which killed some time there so um but it was just Every time I see it, it's it's so cool, and that the, the money flying at the end and the champagne. I mean, that's some some pretty wild stuff, which I don't, you know, you don't see that a lot in drag racing. So hats off to Wes and those guys for putting that all together, and and um, you know, that's that's a memory I'm never going to forget. That's for sure.
1: So you you touched on it. It's like you read my sheet here. What I wanted to talk to you about: drag <laughs> racing is so odd in a sense that those of us who don't do the driving and aren't in the car get to really reap the benefits. And we're the ones who get to pile on each other and hear Wes say things like "Oh all day, like yeah. those <laughs> moments right there. I was standing right on your side video and, and it was electric. But how did you figure out that you want? I mean, is it was it wind light was it radio? What was the first bit of like, holy shit, I won this?
0: I was pretty sure. I mean, if, if you watch that video again, you can see the car driving to the center line and that's because I was looking out the passenger window the whole run because <laughs> I could see his fender and uh, I knew, I knew he left on me a, a touch and, and by 60 feet, I was pretty sure I had him, And, and the whole way down, he, the fender just sat there and he, he started pulling on me on the end. You can see he went 207 and a half to my 205 and a half. And um, that, that, Todd stuff always back halves really well. Um, so anyways, I, I knew he was coming, but I was pretty sure I had him. And when I, I looked up at the scoreboard, nice part of about the eighth miles, you can see the scoreboard, if you look up quick enough. And I seen the light come on and and my radio was, uh, I didn't know what Wes said, but I, I knew it was, uh, it was pretty positive. He was screaming. So um, <laughs> I knew he won right away and I was just, yeah, I was just overwhelmed. I couldn't believe it actually happened. And, and um you know, then it started to set in and I was pretty excited. And I was like, Oh man, I still got to get this thing stopped. Like <laughs> going go 205 miles an hour and I'm cheering in the car and in the and, pitch uh, black, <laughs> in the pitch black, it's dark. I didn't, I forgot how dark Bradenton was and, and I guess maybe I'm paying attention more to the run uh, when you're not winning. But uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty wild. to just, um, but I knew, I knew the guys would be celebrating like crazy on the starting line. And I had my whole family there, which was pretty cool, other than my sister was in Vancouver watching. But uh, she was actually at a hockey game at the Vancouver Canucks game, and she was watching it on our phone from the seats, um, which is pretty cool. So, anyways. Uh,
1: yeah, oh, yeah. Just, we got the visual like there. It was are, like Mayhem. So
0: awesome. Oh, I know. And, you know, Al Billis was down on the starting line, who I, I worked with. Uh, in my early days in pro mod and and he was kind of a mentor to me and Mark worked for him for 10 years. And to see the support from, from all the Canadian teams there, Kenny Lang was out there too, was was pretty awesome. So.
1: Give a little credit to your team. Now you talked about Mark Savage. I really want to touch on him. Mark Savage is one of the busiest guys in drag racing. I see him at every racetrack everywhere. I don't even know how he has time to go home to Canada. I see snow pictures and stuff areas right there. Talk about your relationship and, and, what he does for you mentally and for that car.
0: Yeah. I've known Mark for a long time, probably the better part of 15 years. Um, when he was working for Al up and he was living in Barry, Ontario, which is where I was going to college and I met him through Melanie. And, um, so we've always kind of been buddies and chummed around, but, but we were, we didn't really work together. We didn't, uh, at that time I was, I was racing top sportsman wasn't cool enough for him. So, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, over the years we, we we always stayed in touch, and um, I was tuning my own stuff uh, in 2018, 2019, and I knew if we went to NHRA or, or even PDRA or any of those bigger series in the U.S., I'd have to bring in someone who, who really knew what they were doing, and and Mark was um, freelancing and he was kind of on his own and he was he was between teams and and uh so i called him up and i said hey you, you interested in helping me out and he goes yeah absolutely i'd love to so um our first race together was was at the door Slam nationals in 2019 and and we sucked we had a brand new combination we had a four nine noon Mark market never ran one and and we blew one up early and no fault of marks it was uh it was some bad bad rod bolts but um anyways so we then we got sent home to canada so we, we were stuck there and you know, he couldn't travel because everything was locked down. So um, we just went and tested a bunch with our stuff and we we became really close and, and uh, we started running pretty good. So, um, yeah, we just, we just bonded and, and, you know, being both in our early thirties and, you know, Mark's Mark's 33 years old with, with 20 years of drag racing experience, Mm -hmm. which not a lot of guys can say. So um, yeah, we just gel well. And, and, you know, he's, I give him the reins to let him do what he wants and I have the confidence in him, but he always, he always bounces stuff off me. He always tells me what he's going to do. He's not one of these guys that likes to hide everything. And, um, you know, and and he's not afraid to work on the car, which is great. There's some tuners out there that, you know, just want to be on the laptop. Mark's not afraid to get his hands dirty and and do what he's got to do, which is, which helps with a volunteer team. Um, so anyways, he, uh, he did a great job this weekend. We, we struggled all through qualifying and, and uh he he was he was pretty upset with how it ran in qualifying and i'm like dude we got in it's okay And he's like yeah but our, our car's slow and i'm like i know but we'll, we'll figure it out we'll fix it and we, we finally figured out what it was and after e1 and and that's when you know we got our hot rod back and it really started doing what we told it to do so and he picked it up every single round and then going into the finals against curry i told him i said we're gonna have to you know, go quicker than we've probably ever gone before. We have we had gone 65, like five times, never, never any quicker. And he said, I got it. He said, "It's going to go. He goes, how fast do you want to go? I think I can go 62, 63 out there. I said, Oof, let's, let's maybe go 64. And he goes, okay, done. It'll go a little 64. And, and that's what it did. It went 64, three. So um, anyways, it, but Mark's not my only guy. I mean, he's, he's my tuner, but uh, I've got a bunch of good guys and, Uh, Wes Goddard uh, is a top sportsman racer from from back in Canada. Uh, This guy is like the closest thing to race car Jesus that you'll ever meet. He, (laughs) He built his own car from scratch like I mean bent the pipe welded it built the engine built the rear end housing like he built everything on this thing and it's it's a little twin turbo 58 Nash that It runs on a 10 inch tire that goes 225 miles an hour. It's pretty cool. But, um, so he's awesome. He's just a, an unbelievable fabricator and a really nice guy. He's, he's, he's helped me for since 2015, 2016. Um, he's kind of my go-to guy for everything, but, uh, and then I've got two really good high school buddies, um, Rod Brubaker and Greg Patterson that, that were there and, and, uh, just they just come for fun they love it it's you know they're not sports guys they uh they consider this their their sport they're this is our team so you know they they spend a lot of hours in my shop after work and and on weekends and you know we get our work done and we drink a few beers so um it's good and then and then uh my uncle ron who, who unfortunately didn't make it he um he came to me in early january and he said uh Hey, are, are we going to get into this race? And I go, ah, it's not looking good. Like it's, it's like the second week of January. And, and, uh, I hadn't heard anything and he goes, okay, well, some friends are booking a trip and it's that weekend. And he's like, I don't want to book it if it's, if we're going to get in, and I'm oh, like, well, I don't no. want to tell you not to book this trip. If, uh, you know, if we don't get in, I'll feel like a bit of a jackass. And, um, so anyways, he, uh, he books a trip and, and both three days later, or four days later, you text me and, <laughs> so I had to break the news to him that we were probably going to get in and then Wes called. And so he was pretty bummed out. And I think he was, uh, he was even more bummed out when we won and he was in Jamaica watching on his phone from the pool. Um, but anyways, he's, he's been with me right since day one. Um, you know, always straps me and always backs me up, just gives me an extra level of comfort when I, when I get in the car. So not having him there kind of sucked, but um, you know what, we did it. And, uh, he was, he was watching and he was happy. So, and then I, I, another guy, Neil Harrison, um, another local guy from home obviously, but, uh, he couldn't make it either. And, uh, but he's, he's one of them guys that just double, triple checks, everything. And he's, he, it's a key guy to have around because he always finds the stuff that no one else seems to see. And, and, uh, you know, not having him there was difficult too, but we got through. So, um, and, and my my cousin Quinn, who's 15, and just everything drag racing right now. I took him out of school for a week and a half. He was the happiest kid in the world, and uh, you know then we went down there and won that. So he's uh, he's learning lots too, and he's becoming a good help. So um, you know that's that's my guys. So oh, and Bob, oh, old no. Bob Sackrider, he's 81 oh, years old, he's still packing my still packing my parachutes. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's a that's a pretty dang important job right there. You can't forget that one.
0: <laughs> he uh, he raced I with Carl Spearing for I don't know ten years and and he still uh, still loves coming to the racetrack and, and hanging out and eating everybody's food. So it's uh, he's he's a lot of fun to have around. Lots of old stories.
1: Man, it that is so cool. I've again I I keep always going back to my story, but that's what I know and the reason that I love drag racing so much and the reason that I keep going back and have committed my entire life to this is because the family, not only your blood family that you bring out to do this, but the family that you create in the team and to to get to experience something like this with those people is incredible. And on that note, I want to get into some Melanie stuff. So a lot of people may not know. I didn't know until you were asking in the winner's circle, like we got to get a picture with Melanie. And she was in my ear saying the same thing on the other side. I didn't realize that you guys had kind of had a a history of racing together. And she ended up winning the last chance race, which I think was a really cool deal going into it. We had no idea that was going to happen. We had 60 some odd cars um, and she just didn't make the run. It was really unfortunate that she didn't get in the show. I felt like this race was made for her. Ended up winning the 10 grand second chance race with you winning the 100 grand. Talk a little bit about y'all's history and how cool that was.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, lots of people don't know Melanie is Canadian and she's, uh, she's resides in Buffalo now with John, but, um, I grew up with Melanie at the racetrack. So, uh, when I was 14 and started in junior dragster, she had just, uh, she had just graduated to a, a top dragster. So she was a little older than me, but we, we became good pals and, and, um, yeah, we, we just, you know, I went to school and sh- she lived up there. And so she used to drag me out to the bars before I was of age and sneak me in the back and and uh, that's my girl me a little bit as she, <laughs> as she likes to say so um so yeah we, we've known each other forever and and you know now that we're on the pdra it's great to to race with them again because we uh we didn't race together for for quite a long time and we always joked that you know it's, it sucks that we don't get to see each other anymore that much and but um you know we, we ran a bunch of pdra stuff last year so we got to hang out with those guys a lot more and and then this deal i mean if there were odds in Vegas, I got to think she had the best odds to win the race uh, mm-hmm. going into it. And they, they just missed it by one round. They had a couple, couple shitty things happen and, you know, God broke, broke a rod and Q2 and then Q3, I think the transmission line blew off and then Q4, they just missed it by a little bit. They, you know, they didn't have a lot of data and, and uh, I mean, you look what she did uh, first round of the last chance, race. She went 66 and then, the final, she went 64, three, the same as us. So like, that, that was the second fastest round of the weekend, her and I together. So um, they could have easily won this deal. And if she would have qualified, that meant I probably wouldn't have qualified. So um, <laughs> selfishly, oh, wow. I'm a little I happy think that they, had, it like they that. had some, some unfortunate <laughs> stuff happen, but um, you know, it was great to be able to celebrate with her and, and uh, you know, we've always kind of t- joked around about something like this happening and to do it at the, the biggest race in the history was uh pretty special for us so um you know congratulations to them for taking that 10k home too so that was awesome
1: yeah she kept saying we're just missing a couple zeros on our check yeah yeah, that's unfortunate (laughs) um it was you mentioned the pdra it was really cool there was a lot of different series racers in this race. And I think that we're going to lean into it a lot more going forward with this race. But Team PDRA really came out proud. They had shirts. They had flags. I don't know if you saw pictures or videos, but Judy and Tommy themselves were standing behind you and in the other lane waving these huge PDRA flags and just so proud of the presence that their drivers had there. And um, what does that mean to have an entire series? I mean, you're no rookie, but you're not you haven't run it for 10 years. Like a lot of these guys that have, what does that mean to have them literally stand behind you and be so proud?
0: Oh, it's, it's unbelievable. I mean, Tommy and Judy are, are two of the nicest people you'll ever meet. And, and uh, Tyler Cross knows a, a great guy and I became a lot closer with him over the last few months. And, and uh, they just, they're all about the racers. And I think it's because they're racers themselves and, you know, they, like you said they had t-shirts and stickers and everything and they had a lunch for us on friday they invited all the teams they had it catered and and well not even i don't even know if it's tommy and judy were up there serving themselves serving the racers (laughs) the food which is which is pretty awesome just uh you know makes you feel like part of the team and and like you said i haven't ran that series for 10 years I've, i've really only last year was the first year i ran it consistently and and they have treated me like gold right from day one, which is great. Um, you know, always got a great parking spot when I go. And and um, hey, that's important for always, those of you
1: don't know drag racing. That will get it done. Getting a good parking spot.
0: <laughs> and they're just they're just always so welcoming, which is uh, which is awesome. And, and honestly, is is a big part of why I'm choosing to run there this year, I run six events. I just it's they have everything figured out. They 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 rate right from when you roll in the gate to when you roll out of the gate um, you know, you feel at home and everybody's happy and professional and, and, uh, you know, looking forward to going there this year. And I don't think we can chase the championship, you know, unless we get lucky and there's some rain outs, but I would never wish that on them, but, um, I'm going to do six of the eight races and, you know, I think that'll be good enough to get us in the top 10, I hope. And, uh, you know, maybe I'll be up on stage there in the banquet instead of sitting in the corner drinking with you.
1: Oh, hey, I like sitting in the corner <laughs> drinking with you. We can still do it. We we kept sneaking out a little bit. But before yeah. we get into the Q&A section, um, this show's not quite live yet. We're going to be moving live here soon. But we did have quite a bit of, of fan interaction with some questions for you. But before we do move on, let us know your plans for this year. I know you just said that you're going to run six in the PDRA. I feel like if you win one or two, you may change your mind there at the beginning of the season. But we'll just see how that rolls. What is what else is on the plate for you anymore? Top Fuel? What are you thinking?
0: Uh, yeah, so we're going to start off with the first four PDRA races. Um, so it's uh, Galat, Virginia, Norwalk, and uh, Maryland, and then uh, that takes us to the middle of June. Then I'm going to ch- um, jump in the fuel car for a few match races with Todd Payton. They've got they've got two cars, so um, I think we'll do. Uh, talking about doing one at Cayuga, which is Toronto Motorsports Park, um, July long weekend, or our Canada Day weekend of you know July fourth, um, then uh, July twenty second in in uh, New York at Empire, then we'll do our Grand Bend National event. It used to be the IHRA National event. Now I guess it's the Wdra or, or whatever mm-hmm. the new one is there. Um, so we'll do that one which happens to fall on the martin michigan pdra race so like you said if if, uh (laughs) depending on where we are in points that might might change my mind a bit on that but uh our our car is ready for some updates so uh i'm hoping to use that time from from june till october to to go over and overhaul that car it really should be front half and and um so i'd like to do that then and then and then we'll pick up the uh PDI again in the fall for the last two for uh, galat and the world finals at virginia and then hopefully roll right into um snowbirds in december u.s street in january and and uh i is uninvited back to world series of promo in march so we'll be there for yeah sure. you
1: got your your ticket stamped your passport's good to go all winners get <laughs> get to come back so you don't have to have the stress and I don't get to wait for those texts every time a new invite comes out from you. But we'll have to find a a new reason to shoot the shit back and forth. Um, Absolutely. All right. So we're going to get into uh, some Q&A stuff. Uh, We'll start with the deep stuff. You are, again, I touched on it, a product of the system. I say that a lot. There's very few of us right now. We've got Sean Langdon, JR Todd, Erica Enders. There's quite a, a bit of you in the PDRA, but not so much in the NHRA rank. But a lot of kids start with juniors and not a lot make it. What kind of advice do you have for young kids to kind of just keep their eyes ahead and and be one of the ones that does make it through the product of the system?
0: Uh, I guess for me, I just, you know, it was my passion. I, I, um, I never treated it as a job, but it was more like a a second job. Um, You know, work, work always came first and still does, but uh, I wasn't a big sports guy either. So, know i played hockey and baseball and stuff but once i got into drag racing that was my thing and that's what i like to do so i'd come home from school or from work and i'd go in the shop and and work on the car and and um i guess if you know if that's your thing and and that's what you work hard at um you you know hold yourself to a high standard and and surround yourself with good people and you can you can succeed in the sport and and you know I've, i've met a ton of amazing people on the way that have uh, opened up opportunities and uh obviously my, my parents being behind me and supporting me uh with the crazy expensive race car habit um but they did that because they, they could see my passion in it and they knew i loved it and uh, you know it's just i guess it's worked out uh pretty well and, and i'm looking forward to where it goes from here i'd
1: say um so this one this one actually i've got two from my sister we were on the phone and she wanted me to ask you two <laughs> things so you go from potentially running Top Fuel in the Gator Nationals to winning the biggest door car race in the history of the known universe, like, come on, dude, where do you stand? Everybody stands somewhere. Are you a door car guy? You a dragster guy?
0: <laughs> I'm a door car guy at heart for sure. <laughs> um, top Fuel is just something that, uh, from a little kid watching them, I've I always wanted to drive one. They're the fastest thing in the world. They're um, they're they're just crazy. I mean. Uh, you know, everybody goes there to, to watch, watch the nitro and the 300 mile an hour, come up on the scoreboards. And, and um, I wanted to say that I did that. So this was more of a a bucket list thing for me to do. Um, I do want to run one in NHRA and say that I've ran an event or a couple, and I'm working on that right now with Peyton's, but, but uh, pro mod racing is, is everything to me. I mean, it's, it's, so competitive, there's so many teams. Like, you're never going to get 60 top fuel teams, uh, you know, coming to an event like West no. just had for World Series of Promo, and and especially not, you know, 55 of them qualifying within a tenth of one another. So, um, no, the, the door car racing is where it's at, uh, for me. Um, I do, uh, well, maybe this might be your next question, but I do want to drive a pro stock car, I think that is. <laughs> you know, really cool. I want to I swap feet and roll the gears for sure. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm going to kind of see where things go and maybe dabble into, maybe, maybe get into a pro stock car one day, try it out.
1: I may not be too connected in that realm, but I think that we can maybe figure out something to make that happen. <laughs> and that's kind of what she was joking and alluded to is like, maybe we could do some kind of little swapparoo there. So um, be sure yeah. to knock on our door when you want to do that. But, um, do you have any plans to race pro mod in the NHRA or is, is PDRA going to be your home?
0: Um, I'm having a lot of fun with PDRA right now. Um, the thing I like about it is they don't race on Sundays and for us, Mm -hmm. you know, traveling from Canada, that, that extra day, um, really helps, you know, my guys don't have to take an extra day off work. I can get back into the office, um. So, uh, you know, logistically and and schedule wise, the PDRA makes a lot more sense for us. But I would love to run on the big stage, NHRA. I I, I still love quarter mile drag racing. Um, you know, I, I watch Mark run with uh with Belushi and Bond there, and Justin just winning, and you know, they it's so professional and it's it's so well done. and, and now that they're on the live TV thing, I think that's that's going to incentivize more guys to get out. Um, So yeah, I'm not, I'm not taking that off the table by any means, but you know, the right opportunity will have to come up and, and uh, you never know. You may see me there sometime.
1: I had a a couple people actually ask this about speaking of NHRA Pro Mod last week, in my opinion, we had one of the most exciting moments that NHRA Pro Mod has had in a long time, which being on the big Fox show, I think it was a, a stellar start for the NHRA, knowing their investment was worth it. But what did you think of that, that burn down, that staging duel between Manny and, and the champ? You know, that Chris Thorne doesn't like to go in last and Manny, the outlaw racer that he is went in there to shook it up. What's your, what's your take on that?
0: I mean, it was definitely exciting for the fans. Um, you know, th- the three minute burn down is a long time, especially in a, in a pro mod. Uh, I'm, I'm surprised they didn't run out of fuel, just sitting on the starting line to be honest. Um, but I, you know, as a as a self funded racer, um, I'm sitting there going, "Oh man, these guys are going to yeah. burn some stuff up," and I'm pretty sure they did. But obviously, they didn't care, and and they uh, they they put on a show. I you can't take that away from them. But um, I watched it, and I was just I couldn't believe how long they were sitting there. And and then uh, you know, Manny said on on Shake and Bake the other day that he didn't even mean to go in. Like he was he was. Uh, I'm sure after holding your brake leg on. With thousand pounds of brake pressure for three minutes, it, it probably gets a little weak and just rolled in. But it uh, it was definitely entertaining to watch, and I think you could see the fans getting into it, and and uh, Joe Costello was uh, pumping it up pretty good, which was awesome. So
1: I'll tell you, I never ever watched from the stands or the finish line, but I had to be down at the top end to do a, a, a filming actually of the engagement that ended up happening, and so right. I didn't want to I didn't want to miss that round, and so. I cheated. I took my golf cart down the return road and I parked it right in front of the grandstands, which somebody should have made me move. I'm not really sure how I was allowed to be there right in front of the scoreboards. Just thinking, oh, I'll just stop here for a second and watch this round. I'll tell you what, that was the coolest spot that I could have been in for that because with the fans, there was 40,000 people in the stands right there. Like I'm seriously, I'm not trying to be West Bucky here, but I have goosebumps hearing them erupt and Get on their feet. I'm standing on the golf cart, like yeah, hooting and hollering. That was that is, in my opinion, and kind of how we'll close this out. Just pro mod racing is different. It's intense. The characters are there. You got people from all different walks of life coming in and doing that exactly right there. That passion and that beautiful flow racing hat that I made you put on your head. God bless you. Um, It is just cool that pro mod racing is unlike anything else on the planet, and I'm so 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 proud of you for not only staying on our ass to get you invited and, and going out there and showing the world that you don't have to be no offense to him. He's, he's a five or 10 or 15 time champ, Jim Halsey, all these guys that win everywhere they go, not saying that that's not what you're going to end up doing, but to really kickstart your pro mod career like this is, is just absolutely incredible. So um, just give us kind of final thoughts on, on the race. And if people missed it, obviously they can rewatch it on flow racing, but just, just final thoughts on the intensity of World Series of Pro Mod and how proud you are.
0: Uh, well, it was very intense. It was it was the the biggest race I've ever been to or been a part of. Uh, you know, right from the amount of fans that were there, but just the amount of people that were there with teams. Like you had sixty Pro Mod teams and then a bunch of Mountain Motor Pro Stock teams, and like there was a lot of high caliber racers there, and and a lot of the fans seemed to be like hardcore race fans like they weren't just you know people coming to watch an event i mean there were some of them there too but it it was intense like the the questions that the fans would come up and ask like they were very intrigued about you know your engine setup and stuff like that not just you know they weren't just there for autographs or whatever like they were they were hardcore race fans which was pretty cool um i don't i don't know if i'll ever top world series of pro mod i mean that's um you know i guess i peaked early as west said on the on the show the other day but Um, I'm looking forward to going out and I really want one of them 660 men from PDRA. And uh, I really want a Wally someday. I got a little Wally, but it's not a real one. Um, That's all I uh, have too.
1: All I have is a little Wally. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So um, yeah, the whole deal was just amazing. And, and I, I got to think that Wes and the team's just going to build on it from here. And, and I think Victor was pretty happy with how everything worked out. And um, I think the two of them guys together can, can do something special down there. So um, I'm looking forward to going back. Um, but in the meantime, I'm going to go try and win some PDRA races. And you never know, maybe you'll see me over at NHRA.
1: I've, again, been a part of drag racing a long time. And a lot of people have to wait a long time for a victory in the sense of, of what you just did. And once they do, it's like dominoes and they just keep rolling. So I'm gonna go ahead and say West Buck's wrong. You didn't peak early. You're just getting the shit started way sooner than most. So I'm so well, proud of you. Congratulations right. to, well, obviously I'm right. I, ca- I bet on you on Friday, like stick with me. I <laughs> I- um, <laughs> Congratulations to you, all your team, everybody, um, West Buck and everybody. This will probably be the wrap up of, of a lot of our coverage of World Series of Pro Mod. But those of you watching this in the flow racing world, if you haven't picked up of how big and how important this race is to the drag racing community, open your eyes and ears and listen, because this has just been absolutely insane. And Spencer Hyde, the man of the year now, keys to Bradenton Motorsports Park, your World Series of Pro My Champion. Thank you so much for coming on my show, and I'll see you in a couple of weeks here at PDRA.
0: Sounds good. Thanks for having me, Courtney.
1: All right, guys, thanks for watching. We'll see you in a couple Fridays.